Hello, everybody. This is Erica. This is Shari. And this is April. And you are now listening to Three Sykes and a Mic. Just as a disclaimer, although the contents of this show may be educational and therapeutic in nature, this should not be considered a replacement for therapy with a licensed professional. If you would like more information on how you can find a therapist in your area, please contact us on social media. All right, all right. Hello, everyone. We're back. How's everybody doing? Good. Good. How are y'all doing? <laughs> we good. Sorry. Hey. Are you like changing your clothes? <laughs> y'all, it is the middle of the week, so <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I definitely think recording sounds different when we have yes. when we record in the middle of the week. Middle of the week recordings hit different. <laughs> it does. Yes. We yes, all over the place. My wrap dress was tied too tight, so I was trying to loosen it, but I loosened it too much. Oh my goodness! All my business. We getting a peep show. We We getting a little peep show show over here. Saving that for OnlyFans. That's someone getting some tablet. Show somebody your body. You might as well make some money for it. (laughs) Right. You're right. No sense of doing it for free. Not in this economy. Yes, when we record on Sundays, you know we're a little bit more demure. The sanctified Sunday, a little bit because we're coming off of a weekend with a little more rest. You know, I I am coming. There are many words, yeah, to describe me. Demure is never. (laughs) (laughs) What is y'all's favorite word? What is y'all's favorite word? My favorite word is curmudgeon. Really? Where did that come from? I don't know. I like to call people curmudgeons because most people don't know what the word means. Mm, yeah. And so, I don't know. <laughs> it was an <laughs> SAT study word. That's my favorite word. So, I liked it and it just stuck with me. Uh-huh. I used to like onomatopoeia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to like to say onomatopoeia. <laughs> but I don't, it's not a favorite word of mine though. Like, I don't think I have a favorite word. I have favorite phrases. My favorite word is mesothelioma. Mesothelioma. I think we said yes. this. Yes, I think this? we mentioned this before. Did we? I don't know. That's my favorite Maybe word. I had one on that episode. I think on our five, the top five. Possibly. Questions? We need to do another one of those. Yes, we definitely need to do another mm-hmm. top we five do. episode. Yeah. So listeners, if you have... Any questions, anything that you would like us to answer, um, hopefully, you know, not related to psychology, but just like tidbits and stuff, like send us questions. We need to do another yeah. one. One That'd of be your fun. questions could be, why does Erica clear her throat a lot? Right. <laughs> I literally was like, <laughs> almost about to choke <laughs> trying not to clear my throat. <laughs> Let me clear my throat. Da, 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 da. We are definitely on a different energy today. Yes, Yes. we are. All right. (laughs) All right. So, anything in the media that's catching your attention or come across any cool memes Hmm. lately? Good question. Crickets. Well, also, one thing I've noticed is that. Day, I'm losing track of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there may have been some things that have happened and I just have forgotten. I will say something that has been funny 
is I've been seeing posts of Kim Kardashian just being so over North. Um, and I'm not the biggest what? Kardashian fan. I find them to be very fake, but mm. they're, um, the shade room and people have been reposting videos of Kim trying to just like have some me time and North coming in. <laughs> and it's like, it's all on her face that she was like, North, I just want, can I have five minutes? Can I just have five minutes by myself? I don't want to be around anyone. I just don't want to see you. And it's like, that's mean, mommy. <laughs> like it is. Oh, no. I have really fallen off of the Kardashian. I used to like watch it faithfully. Um, yeah, but I also think I have a fascination of watching um, white people in in their rareness. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. Well, you know what so it is. I, you know what it is. Kim is now having to parent like the rest of the nation, and she's losing yeah. her mind. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. They're no dis- like everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's let me tell you, coronavirus. I I was about to say it's the the great equalizer, but it's not. But it is definitely like parents are struggling, struggling, right? And, yeah, when you don't have any help, you're on your own. You gotta do it all yourself. But that's been funny. I can't. I don't. I don't have any. Um, I don't know memes, media, and I don't really want to discuss the madness that has ensued in oh. my life at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not put my second bottle of wine in the refrigerator, so. Oh Lord! Um, I won't. Need, I won't have that as a respite. <laughs> but I did see that um, one of the pastors who um, held church service and like defiantly said, "You know, I'm not going to do this." Actually, uh, died this week. Wow! Yeah, I saw so, that. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really sad. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. But it's that's what so, happened. It's so it's so unnecessary. Like it's what happens when you yeah. don't. I don't know. Do what like, but my suggested. granddaddy was at church two weeks ago. Oh my goodness! Yeah, no. like I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and when my parents told me who all was at church that Sunday, he they listed off like five people. The median age of those five people was sixty-seven. Oh, wow! Wow! So, yeah, part of it is. It's tricky. Like for the for the parishioners, I have a, a thought, and then for the pastors, I think it's about ego. For the parishioners, and my friend who was actually telling me this, he was just like, it makes sense because this is what especially older Black people have been told all their life. Like the whole faith is God is bigger than everything, and you trust God, and so this is that, you know, for them. So this is what they have been saying <laughs> that they believe in all this time. Right, so, that's what faith looks like. Yeah, they still going to go to church. They're still, and you know, it's routine. It's mm-hmm. yeah. for many the only time they some of them get to see their friends. Ends. Yeah. Um, true. So I get the struggle. I think I take issue with the leadership. Yeah. Like, because you have the responsibility mm-hmm. of your flock. Exactly. Yeah. And you can have church anywhere. Yeah. Like, I done been to church more this year in my living room. Yeah. Than, than Girl, okay. me too. <laughs> Look, we out tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. On Easter Sunday, I went to three church services, like back to back. Oh, no. Oh, no. I remember, look, I remember one weekend when Shari came down to visit. I think we probably watched like three church services yeah. on Sunday. We just <laughs> watched different ones. It's kind of my thing. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I do want to comment on the, you know, the ego piece. I, I do think that for some, 
it really is about ego. And for others, I really think that there is, they, they might feel torn because it's almost like as a pastor, like it won't matter which decision you make, there's going to be a group that is not going to be okay with your decision. Like if you close the church, there's going to be a group that says our pastor is not the leader that we thought he was. He was supposed to tell his flock that we're supposed to have faith and da 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 And then if he, you know, doesn't close the church, then it's going to be those people who's like, oh my God, he's just not closing the church because he's trying to make sure them collection plates are filled and da 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 it's, it's, it's like you really are stuck. It's like you, there is no right. You won't make a right decision. So I think that there were some, there's probably some who it was definitely about ego. Um, but I also think that there may have been some who really got pressure or pushback from certain people in their church or maybe even other leaders um, to do one way or the other. So I just think that, you know, pastors were probably in a very hard position yeah just in general right on both sides yeah because you are you're you're the leadership you know people you know people look to you for guidance and so you know it is kind of up to you to make a responsible decision and sometimes you just gonna have to swallow that some people just ain't that they're just not gonna be okay with what decision you make Mm mm-hmm and that's a responsibility of leadership. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with making decisions that are going to make people Absolutely. mad. Yeah. Um, Cause you're not, sorry, you're not going to please everyone. And then, you know, for some of these who have been like openly defiant, like you can't tell me what to do. I'm not, you know, that's why I'm just like, come on. Like yeah. this, this, this ain't a cold right. that's going around. And chances are the people who are going are not our peer group. Yeah. Right? It puts the parishioners at yeah. risk and pastors have to think about, is it worth calling them in? Mm-hmm. or should I adjust and do something different you know on a lighter note <laughs> <laughs> insecure is back yes it's back hopefully you guys are watching I haven't watched it so uh, we will not talk about it no spoilers no thank spoilers. you I also want to see okay. the Clark sisters um yeah it's so And cool. I have not watched that. I haven't seen it either, so. But apparently it was amazing because everybody, their mama, cousin, sister, and brother posted about it on everybody. Facebook. Everybody. So, yeah. <laughs> it was good. I need to see that. You know what else? Yeah, is- I heard it was good. It was really good. I, it, I wish it would have been longer. Mm-hmm. Um like it should have been two a part, like a two part series. Oh, like a two part, yeah. Um, but it was really good. It was done well, and this is what I love. Like, so I didn't know that Missy, Mary J. Blige, and Queen Latifah produced it. Really? And you can tell. <laughs> she said, "And you can tell." You can tell. Here to elaborate because, like, well, so somebody said the wig budget for one oh, thing. Oh my god, those are, wigs were on point. We, oh, okay. As I was say, are we we not about to Tyler Perry them now. Yeah. Okay, but this is in a good direction. <laughs> no, 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 no. In a good direction. Okay, good in a good way. Okay, okay good. The way the music was done was well. You can tell they casted people who could sing, mm-hmm. like. And sang, and the woman Anjanu Ellis who played uh, Maddie, Doctor Maddie Moss Clark, mm-hmm. and I like I didn't grow up with the Clark mm-hmm. sisters. I grew up AME. We used church hymns, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I didn't know about the Clark sisters. So I was almost in college practically. <laughs> uh, but I went back and watched one of the scenes they recreated, and that woman embodied her. 
Um, so they, and it, it was an, also a woman of color who produced it, mm-hmm. who directed it as well. And it, it's just like certain notes you can tell, like just a thought that was put into it. And for a Lifetime movie at that, like this. And that was, was my good. thing. Like, I didn't want to watch it because it was a Lifetime movie. And you know, Lifetime has mm-hmm. not always done the best for us or by us. And so. But the sisters were behind it. That's what. That matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as the family there. Like, I don't watch bi- biopics on Lifetime if the family. Mm-hmm ain't involved mm-hmm. yeah the family's gotta be involved yeah. yeah i'm gonna have to watch it i'm gonna check it out and it was good um you should watch i mean it might be on demand i know they're showing it again this weekend well so you'll have and it's lifetime yeah like you know you'll have. watch it you'll see it it'll it will run 18 million times up team million but i cut the cord on cable a while ago so i might have to catch it another way oh yeah i've been unplugged cable <laughs> oh sling i can give you my sling vlog i actually i think i have it already like from, oh yeah you should yeah because i think we were watching the r kelly r thing. kelly yeah, yeah i think you shannon yeah I know, that's about three Girl, <laughs> i am down for the barter system like barter. okay thank you, you so give much me something i give you something i'm telling you exactly i just need a disney plus and hbo and i'm set girl i told you i can give you my hbo now go ahead text it text it once we get out and i can find <laughs> like i got disney plus well it's not mine i get it from somebody oh well no you can't get nobody but i'm gonna ask like what they're gonna say yes or no <laughs> girl yes nah. or no <laughs> They can only say yes or no. You're right. Never heard to ask. Right. Closed mouth don't get fed. And that goes straight into our topic, right? Yes, it does. (laughs) Okay. I like how you did that. Right. Segue. Segue queen. So last time we talked a little bit about code switching and we talked about like what it means to code switch, what it looks like, how we define it, what it means for each of us. And so during that conversation, mm-hmm. um, another topic mm-hmm. came out of it and it was about taking up space. And so today, that's what we're going to cover. We're going to talk a little bit about taking up space, how to take up space, what it means to take up space, and why it might be hard for some people in different circumstances. And so I think this is going to be a really good conversation because when we think about code switching, oftentimes when we switch the code, when we flip the code, it can result in us taking up less space or feeling as though our voice isn't valid enough in the space that we exist in. So I want to start with a question and ask you guys, when you hear code, I mean, sorry, when you hear taking up space, like, what does that mean? What does that represent for you? What do you think of? I I think of um, being able to use or being um, willing to use my voice um, in spaces where really in any space where I feel like what I have to contribute is important, um, or just even if it might not be important to anyone else, maybe it's important for me to just voice some things, right? Cause everything doesn't have to be desirable to other people to hear or, um, and it might not be, but sometimes you have to be willing to insert yourself either for the benefit of your your own personal um, mental health or for the benefit of your audience. Okay. Okay. For me, it's about being seen and being heard. Um, 
So like being visible. Um, so not just like being heard, but also being, because sometimes taking up space doesn't even mean you have to verbally say anything. So it's just like, you're not going to forget that I'm in the room. Yeah. Type of yeah. thing. Um, so like a, my presence is going to be known. Yeah. I, I like that piece when you talk about like taking yeah, up space doesn't have to look like you are like being verbal because I think sometimes we get in our heads that in order to take up space, you've got to be the first person saying something and the last person speaking. And that's just not everybody's vibe. Right. And so we, when I think about taking up space, I think about just being in the room, being present, allowing people to know that you deserve a space in the room and showing up as much as you can in the room. Right. So taking up space can look like a number of different things. And I think it's really important to think about like when we use it in the context, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that I am the one speaking all the time because sometimes that's just not okay. So what might be some examples of like how a person takes up space in a nonverbal way? Because I think like you guys are right, like that it's, it's, it's a little more transparent as to how to take up space in a verbal type of way. Um, and some people might not know, like, how can I still insert myself in ways that it doesn't require me to necessarily have to say anything, but like, what does that look like in a nonverbal type of way? To me, that can be something as simple as eye contact, um, making people look at you when they speak to you, um, not moving out of the way, <laughs> uh, <Right. laughs> sitting up front in a meeting, taking like your physical space when there's a, a meeting or, or, or something in the audience, don't go to the back, sit up front. Yeah, yeah. It can also look like when you're in the space, being in the space with confidence. You know, um, if anybody listens, they know that I'm not going to be the most verbal person on this podcast. That's just my personality. But when I do speak, I'm going to speak with confidence and trust I said what I said. <laughs> You know, yes. so it's 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 a lot about being able to have that confidence, being able to identify with who you are as a person and what you're bringing into the room. And so when I think about this conversation, when it comes to men, and I've had this conversation with a lot of men in my life, they don't have much difficulty yeah. often taking up space. And I liken it to what I call like man spread, you know, like when they spread, you know, um, and so if you think about a conference room, you're in a meeting with, with men and they spread, like they've got their stuff over here, their stuff over there. So it just looks very different for a lot of men, not all, but a lot of men. So that's another and part. Like the point about like the, the difference gender wise is also very different, um, presentations of taking up space when, it, when we talk about race. We yeah, talk about sexual orientation. Yeah. Like, you know, I think that for Black people, of course, we have definitely not necessarily been encouraged to take up space. I kind of love the, 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 the space that we in, that we are in as a people right now, because I feel like that has really just kind of like come out and we're just like, listen, we're here. We're not going anywhere. Check the track record. <laughs> right. And now not only are we saying, hey, we're here, but we are saying, look, we're taking we're taking back space, you know, that has always been ours to have. Um, and I really love, you know, that. And I love to be able to insert kind of insert my my blackness 
into spaces um, as well mm-hmm. and be okay with that. Yeah, I think it's um, really dope that you bring up that part of the conversation, Erica, about like mm-hmm. race and culture and how um, oftentimes we are not socialized to take up space, right? So different groups are not socialized or are socialized to take up less space than others. Mm -hmm. And so I'll speak for myself being black and being a woman, right? Those are two groups that are generally socialized to not take up a lot of space. And so we almost, or at least I almost have to have kind of this consciousness when I walk into Mm -hmm. a space around, am I taking up enough space? You know, where it used to be, am I taking up too much space, right? But now it's like, no, am I taking up enough space? Or am I shuffling just so somebody can have the space that I deserve? <laughs> April brought up something about like not moving. <laughs> and I was thinking, yeah, I did. A, I did a social experiment one day because yes. I, I had a theory. I was walking around on campus and I had a theory. It's just things I had noticed that I felt like I was always expected to move. And so I said, you know what, today I'm not moving, you know, particularly mm-hmm. on a certain route that I would walk. You know, it was pretty narrow sidewalk where, you know, if someone's come the opposite direction, you would have to kind of, you know, get into a single line to pass through. Like, you don't have to really step off the sidewalk. You just got to maneuver a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, maneuver. And so I was noticing that I I was I was always maneuvering or stepping off. And when I was like, no, why am I? And so I said, you know what? Today, I'm not going to move. I'm going to see what happens. Mm -hmm. And if that means we're going to charge into each other, we're going to charge right into each other. And I made people move. And it wasn't like, this is my space. This is, it was kind of just a social experiment of how certain people are even entitled to space. Mm -hmm. And it's not, doesn't even register. And sometimes I wasn't sure if it was like a race and culture thing or if it was, I mean, it's a race ethnicity thing or an age thing because I was also around college age students who just tend to be in a self-centered time of their life anyway. Mm -hmm. But either way, I was just like, I'm tired of being the only one to move. Um, so I think when I think of taking up space, yeah, it's kind of that. It's like, are you the only, are you always acquiescing? Because you can't always be the one, you know, because then it becomes just domineering. Mm-hmm. It can possibly get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my question to you all is, how do do you feel that you've gotten to a place where you you are comfortable with how you take up space? And if so, has it always been like that? Mm. Well, I, I think I have gotten to a space where I feel comfortable with taking up space. Um, I, it has not always been like that at all. And do I think that I could get a little bit more comfortable in the way that I take up space or the amount of space that I take up? Absolutely. You know, I definitely think it's a journey mm-hmm. and I had to do a lot of just like self-reflection around what it looks like to take up space, what it looks like not to take up space. And if I was doing it because I felt like I didn't deserve it, right? If I was not taking up the space because I felt like my voice wasn't valid enough, my voice didn't deserve or have Mm -hmm. the right to be in a space, or I didn't deserve or have the right to be in a space. And so a lot of it was just like self-reflecting and like pushing myself to step outside of my Mm. comfort zone because it came down to it's comfortable for me to not take up the space like it's more comfortable but I started feeling as though I wasn't able to be authentically me right and that goes back to that like code switching 
thought around are you able to be authentically yourself and bring all parts of yourself into a room and so it was a lot of just working on myself um a lot of it became like I spoke before about that confidence before I did not have the confidence to walk into a room I did not have the confidence to know that when I did walk into the room what I said mattered and what I said was going to hold some validity and so a lot of it was being able to work on that and I'm still working on it you know Mm. still to this day but I think I'm getting a lot better I will say that you know what about you Erica for me you know I had to think about that because I was like huh you know have I always been comfortable with taking up space and I thought about how it's it's been segmented so um, I have often been comfortable with taking up space as a female. So it's been like related to me being a woman and taking up space as a, a woman or a female, even because I, I recognize like different things when I was younger, you know, and saying, I want to be included in this. Like this has, is typically considered a male thing. Like, you know, I love science. I loved math. You know, women weren't, you know, young girls weren't exactly encouraged to do certain things. So like, I always was like, well, I want to be, you know, I want to insert myself. I want to take up space in these spaces. And then it was also compartmentalized to like race as well, where I would see spaces where there wasn't a black person in that space. And I wanted to be like, well, I want to be in that space. And I also want to be a part of, and I don't want to just be in the space, I want to be a part of the space. And so doing that as well, and it makes me think back to the whole code switching thing and why I think maybe I have a different kind of view of the code switching because I I found that was, you know, how, at least, you know, as a young person, how I learned how to infiltrate and take up spaces as a Black person is I can get in and I can code switch. And I think I was, you know, having a conversation just, you know, off the show just about code switching and thinking about how historically I've often seen it as a means of survival by our ancestors, right? You know, our ancestors often code, you know, did the code switching because it helped them to survive and to thrive in environments that wanted to see them fail or not be a part of or not be included. And the code switching was used as a means for survival. And so I see that as we're still in those same types of environments. It may look different. The presentation may be different, but we're still trying to thrive and survive in doing so in environments that don't want us to. And so I, I found that, you know, in certain spaces, I do that from a feminine position of being a woman. And in other spaces, I insert myself based off of issues around race. But it, it, that question just really made me think like, oh, you know, what does that look like for me? Yeah, it took me a, a while. Um, like, I'm comfortable where I am now. I think I've kind of found a groove. Mm-hmm. But I have not always, like, you listen long enough, you know I have no problem taking up space. Um, but it was not always like that. And I had to learn to become more comfortable in who I am in my own voice. Mm-hmm. Um, like, especially when I was younger, I was very quiet. Um, always, ve- I've always been opinionated. Always have had like a little spice mm-hmm. um, I was going to say when you said that I'm like quiet. I can't imagine that you know but right. I, yeah the, well, the, because the, the spice I got in trouble for it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I would get mm-hmm. in trouble for my mouth a mm-hmm. lot gotcha. I mean 
things I was often told, your mouth is going to get you in trouble. Right. Like, and so I learned to kind of keep it in check and to, you know, just not say anything because it would get me in trouble because you got to stay in a child's place. And you, even if I was right, <laughs> you know, I wasn't, a, I wasn't allowed. And even with friends, I kind of, similar to what Shari had said growing up, I would like acquiesce all the time, you know, because I wanted to be liked and I wanted to be a good friend and to be a good friend meant you let you make sure everybody else is happy and Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. even if they did something that kind of hurt your feelings or even if you don't really want to go to that thing but if they want to go you you know and (laughs) i got tired of it at one point and so i started to speak up more um but also it was something a professor once said to me um and it's so funny how we don't realize things that we say to people how they take it to heart i remember i had a guy friend in college one of my really good friends he was just like, you're intimidating. He was like, the way you walk, hmm. even. Like, really? A guy would be really just, like, you walk in a way that somebody wouldn't even want. And I remember I started I started shrinking my walk a little bit. Like, um, mm-hmm. and someone made a comment about that I talked too much in class. And so I stopped answering questions as much. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I remember a professor in grad school was like, you have a lot of good thoughts. Why don't you speak up more in class? And the whole time I was like, I thought I talked too much. He said, no, you're not talking enough. And so um, that was kind of my check of like, why are you afraid to speak up more? Like, why is that a bad thing if you're talking too much right, in class? Right. Um, and so that kind of started that whole idea of you earned your spot just like <laughs> everyone else. Just like everybody else. else. Yeah. Um, so I think now... I'm in a good place now where I struggle. And I talked about this on one of those, I think the narcissism episode mm-hmm. or dating a narcissist um, is in relationships. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. not take up space like I should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I should probably take less space. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's ask the fiance. Bring the fiance around here. Bring them on. Bring them on. <laughs> But I do like that distinction, April, about like in certain circumstances, it's harder for you to take up space than in others. So it's okay, like you, you're fine with taking up spaces in relationships like friendships or with family, but with intimate partners, it's different. So just wanted to ask you guys, like, what do you think makes it difficult for people to take up space? Like what makes it so hard for certain people to take up space in different arenas of life. I think cultural norms. Mm. Say more about that, Erica. I, you know, I, I just think that, you know, in some cultures there's expectations, right? That, yeah, you know, yeah. certain members of, of the society or group or culture are not supposed to take up space. Right. Um, you know, yeah. or just like when I say cultural expectations, like thinking about how I remember like the whole and I don't think I my family ever actually said this, but the idea like children are to be seen and not heard kind of stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, I think some of that can perpetuate or teach you that, you know, you are not to take up space unless someone asks you to. Um, so those expectations become ingrained or just the, their learned behaviors. And then we, we take those with us as we grow into adults. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that kind of reminds me of what April said about like being punished for um, taking up too much space as a child, right? And how these messages really stick with us, you know, so it's so important, you know, with your kids to get allow them to take up space and allow them to have comments. And then don't be right, though, (laughs) as the child. (laughs) Right, like don't have anything of substance to add, you know, but like, like, you know, it's so important to allow your children to be able to find confidence Mm, in their voice and find confidence in their curiosity and how they take up space Um, because it really does translate to adulthood right it really does translate to how we operate in the world as we go forward so that's one reason that I think it might be difficult because if you're punished for taking up space then of course that means that you're being taught to take up less space and that just kind of you know you have to unlearn that that's something that you have to let go I think also when the space isn't protected And this kind of goes back to like being punished for if you are in a a space that's already um, a little precarious, you're going to be, you're not going to feel confident in taking up space because your, your, your position, it could be taken maybe, or you feel, or, you know, fear that it could be taken. Um, And sometimes that fear is valid and sometimes it can be imagined, but I think, you know, particularly with minorities, um, that's a valid the real fears because sometimes like you feel like whoa I didn't even I'm the only one of me in here Mm -hmm. so I gotta toe the line because if not I could get snatched up out of here yeah and I think kind of personally where I fall is that if if the only way I can maintain this position is by being silent I don't need to be here Mm -hmm. um and being intentional about that so I have learned how to take up space at work you know because at first it was just kind of like okay you know and you know not just my job currently, but in general, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, when you've been a, a student all your life, you just be excited to finally Girl, <laughs> say know, that. Okay. Just be in the building, you know, not have trainee <laughs> attached to uh, your yeah. name. You just excited not to be an intern trainee prac student no more. So you just, Thank whatever, you. what y'all want somebody to get coffee? I'll go get the coffee. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you need, whatever you need. <laughs> yeah. sure. I know you are a whole I'll stay late. I'll do <laughs> so so that that brings me to my question and I and I would love to actually talk a you know a second part of this maybe you know pick back up on how do you handle taking up space when there's someone that is bombarding spaces right that doesn't allow people to take up the space you know yeah. they're not sharing the space but you know maybe second part to that but I do want to ask then like what are some things that we could advise people on you know if you're not taking up the space that you deserve like what are kind of some starting points to kind of getting people towards doing that because I mean it's not as easy as just saying girl go in there and take up space sir go over there and take up space definitely not yeah it's not that easy so what's maybe some recommendations that we might have for starting that process you made me think of one of my favorite clients. I haven't even thought about her in a minute. One of my favorite clients um, who that was one of her issues was taking up space. Like that was our primary um, goal. And <laughs> and so we, we started with baby steps and we started with fast food orders. Um, 
I want you to say no when they ask you, do you want it? Like, say no. If they get your order wrong, I want you to correct it. So mm-hmm. we started mm-hmm. with things like that and then worked the way up to, you know, bigger issues. And then, sadly, there was a, she got pushback with one of the things of taking up space. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, we were able to work with it. It was a teacher and, and we, we were able to get to a space where she like found confidence in her voice. Mm-hmm. So I, my advice to people is to start small and it takes time. And sometimes you will get, it ain't always going to be like, oh, sure. Right. Like, I open the door. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But people don't like change. Steps. So it's something as simple as letting someone know they spoke over you or saying like, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't finished talking. Can I thank you? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And to add to that, I think also being able to have an accountability partner. Right. And so as April was just talking for her client, she was that accountability partner. And so, of course, you don't have to have a therapist, um, even though I am partial to therapists, you know, uh, but being able to have an accountability partner, somebody who can check in with you and like hold you accountable for some of the small steps that you do start to take because it's difficult it's really rough to go into a space and say you know I've never really taken up space before but today I'm about to do it I'm about to kill it you know it's hard and so it's going to be important to have just that trusted person whether it's a friend whether it's a family member, whether it's, you know, a journal that you just sit down and journal on your own and be able to say, you know, I'm going to hold myself accountable for being able to do some of the hard stuff that I know will help me in the long run. And so accountability is one of my big pieces. What about you, Erica? I think my thing is observe your spaces. Yeah, I like that. Learn learn what spaces seem welcoming for you to take up space and start there, right? Because sometimes I think people want to jump out the window and go straight to the spaces where like it's already not welcoming for you to take up space. And then you jump out the window and you hit that wall real quick. (laughs) Hard. Start, like April said, kind of start small, but also, you know, start in spaces where you can get practice. And have successes with it. Mm, that's and a good then, one. And then, you know, start practicing it in different spaces so that when you get to, you know, those spaces where maybe it's not so open or welcoming or it doesn't seem like there is enough room for you, you will have practiced how to insert yourself. Yeah. Really good points, y'all. Um, I think those are some good wrap ups, you know, some good takeaways, some tangible things for our listeners to think about and hopefully start implementing in life if you feel like you're not in a space where you are taking up the space that you'd like to in your life. You feel like you've been you're constantly being run over, you're constantly acquiescing. I love that word, April. Love it. You're constantly acquiescing to other people's lives and other people's needs. And so being able to find that sweet spot where you're like, I'm taking up space and I'm contributing to the space, right? Because we all know that person who's not contributing, but they're taking up plenty of space. Um, You know who you are. You know who you are, Um, but being able to say like, 
am I taking up the space that I think I deserve and the space that I know I deserve? Maybe I should say that. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Thank y'all for um, like tuning into this conversation. And hopefully, you know, if you have questions or if you've got comments that you'd like to leave, that you can just like kick those over to us because we love to talk about um, things like this. Things like this. I like that topic. Yeah. That's good. Me too. It's pretty dope. Awesome. Well, now we're going to roll right into our next segment that we all love. (laughs) Send one your loves. Anybody want to start us off? Anybody have a place, a person, an entity, a thing that they want to send their love to this week? Cricket. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm going I'm, I'm, this week yeah. has been a struggle I'm going to send my love out to all the web developers who created these awesome apps that are keeping me occupied in games to keep me from going crazy <laughs> shout out to this coloring book app that I'm obsessed with nice um, that's a horrible scene <laughs> this color no, it's so not. Bad. I feel like we're all like loving these web developers that is self care right I think that's good I want to send my love out to oh gosh I gotta get her new last name Jasmine Farr you know who you are it's not far anymore she is definitely a married woman but my best friend's sister was making masks and this whole mass situation got really real. And I messaged my best friend. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I remembered that Jasmine was making masks. This is like, I really need one because they have completely commandeered <laughs> the masks at my job. And I, I really need one. And so she made me two masks. I just got them in the mail today and they're awesome. They're wonderful. They're really great. If you're listening, she's selling these masks. They're very reasonable. They're thick. You can still breathe though. So, um, and she makes them in children's sizes and adult sizes. She's got Disney prints. She's got sports teams. She's got different materials. But I just want to say thank you because I really appreciate it, um, you know, because it's really going to be helpful for me. Dope. So thank dope. you, Jasmine. Can I get a do-over? Of course, a do-over is just like <laughs> you. Because you reminded me. <laughs> shout out to Anna. I don't even think Anna listens, but if you ever happen to listen, shout out to Anna for um, making me two masks as well because she was trying to walk me through it. And once she realized that I had none of the supplies, she was like, you don't even have a rubber band. I was like, I have one. Right. So she she made me two masks and delivered them last week. And it's so funny because I thought she was just going to call when she was like outside. I heard her knock on my door. Oh, that is so Anna. Um, So she dropped them off. So it is. So shout out to Anna for my my two masks. Oh, yeah. oh nice. Hi, Anna. Anna. If you're listening, if you listen, hi, Anna. Um, I, you know, I really don't have <laughs> one. It's been a week. Like, I don't, I like, I've just been in the house. So I don't even, like, I haven't engaged with anybody. <laughs> I know it's bad, yeah. but you know, I'm going to send my love. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take yours, April. We went to Sam's. 
We did. We did go to Sam's. What? Nothing really love worthy at Sam's, though. You know? <laughs> How about you? Just thankful that they're open and you can go get some stuff. Very thankful. But I'm going to take April's and I'm going to send my love to Anna, too, because I miss her. I haven't seen her in forever. So we love you, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any love. Well, Shari, you you send your love almost every morning. Shari sends me a work Skype message, and she's always so excited. Like, exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Yeah, it's almost. I can almost hear her. Good morning. It's like a sing song. Good morning. Right? Like that's that's when I read it. I just imagine that that's what it sounds like. It's exactly what it is. Because I'm so happy to have my friends at work with me. It's so funny how friends know their friends. Because I'm like, don't. (laughs) Right. I do not text April in the morning. Listen, only Shari can do this because, and my best friend, she listens. Lord have mercy. And she can attest to this. My best friend would call me in the morning. Now, she knew I didn't have to be up. She's a teacher. She would be driving to work. It's like Seven o'clock. My alarm is set to go off at probably like eight twenty because I ain't got to be at work till ten o'clock. <laughs> she would call and she would literally go, "Good morning," and I would be like, "Do not be calling me." Click <laughs> and hang up the phone. She's like, "I'm gonna stop calling you." <laughs> that is the point, ma'am. I need you to stop calling me this early in the morning. Hilarious. That's so funny because she called me and she's like. It was like 10. And she's like, are you awake? <laughs> I was like, yes, I am. Barely. Because she's awake know. at 5.15. Okay. Right. So early. She's been up. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> right. Shout out to Allison. And shout out, Allison. We love you. <laughs> Lord. Well, this was fun. This is a fun episode. It was. Um. Shout out to everybody out there hanging on in there doing this social distancing lifestyle we have now become accustomed mm-hmm. to. Hopefully, we were able to provide some levity to your day, a break from the monotony. Uh, is that a lyric from Summertime? Yeah, um, Summertime. What's Summertime? I'm the lost. break from monotony. That was from that is Summertime. From summertime. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Sorry. What, tangent. What's summertime, though? <laughs> the song. Well, well, uh, Fresh Prince. Uh, DJ Jazz and Jeff and Fresh Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's got to be a break from monotony. It's got to be a little bit. Anyway. Oh, that was a little flat. So, Go ahead. thank you for listening <laughs> to Three Sites <laughs> and a Mic. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, but the number Three Sites and a Mic. We're also. On you can email us at the number three sites and a mic at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Thank you so much for the reviews. Please continue to send them and let's let's mm-hmm. start reading some of them. I, I know yeah, we said that we before. Let's but maybe that. next week that's something we could do is we could yes. read our reviews and kind of yeah, see what people are saying awesome. about us. Yeah, we'll do that. So thank right. you again for listening. Y'all take care bye of bye. yourselves and be safe. Bye y'all. Bye. Love ya. <laughs>